I've, I've had a, a very hard time this year seeing our beloved stone soup tale as more than a cautionary one. In normal times, it reads as a story of community coming together and sharing what they have. And thank you, Janet, for leading our two youth in an abbreviated version. It was lovely. But in these times, the darker elements jump out at me. It has an apocalyptic setting. The townspeople are all hungry, without enough to eat. Some far-off war is ever-present in its effects. It is a story of a transient group of hucksters, tricksters, jesters, breezing into a community, disrupting life, and casting a spell. The townspeople are gullible and innocent, ripe for the picking. Working with the story this year has required the same effort as watching the news. I must pause from time to time to shake off a creeping despair and cynicism. And the darkness is one perspective, but not the only one. The gloom is but one perspective and not the whole story, not the whole story. Prying myself open to realities beyond hopelessness is true for today's headlines, posts, and tweets, as it is listening to the retelling. And this retelling of the Stone Soup is is a Hope Church annual tradition. Revisiting a story, a text, over and over again allows us to see how much we've changed. The world has changed. And it's a delicious moment in life's paradoxes. We reclaim how little we have changed. If you're someone who comes to church every once in a while, always looking for that large intellectual or emotional epiphany, you're missing the value of the quotidian, the mundane. This repetition is where the real change in our heart and understanding takes place, like pour-over coffee brewing or Chinese water torture. It is the steady, constant drip, drip, drip of people, stories, and music over time that has its effect. To wear a new groove in our emotional ruts, to soften our hardened edges requires constancy. We may understand an idea or a concept in one area of our life, and then on a different day, in a different moment, we forget the lesson and have to learn it all over again. Learn it anew. So we turn our attention once again to a classic fable, one many here have heard dozens of times. Drip, drip, drip. It has more to say to us. 
Some versions of stone soup have one stranger coming into the village, and today it's three. But before even speaking, going solely on rumor and stereotype, the villagers have sized up these three. They've judged them and taken action to hide themselves and their resources. Every interaction with another human poses the eternal problem of how welcoming and open to be. Do we expose who we are and what we have? From whether to answer the knock at the door, the front door of your house, or build a wall along a country's border, we have to constantly ask, how should I respond to this person, to these people? How hospitable should I be? How hospitable should we be? Is there danger to me, my well-being, to my safety? We make these judgments instantly, without much information. So the lessons of extending hospitality to any stranger is one way to read the story. It takes effort to overcome that reticence. It takes practice to open ourselves to the needs of others. It may take a little trickery. Radical hospitality means a willingness to constantly prepare, constantly prepare to welcome the stranger. Radical hospitality means knowing we are always going to be changed by welcoming any stranger. We are called not only to be neighborly, but to reserve judgment especially those society views as outcasts. Hospitality is a word with a spiritual history, as a matter of fact. Monasteries grew up around the 5th century, and strangers in need could come there for care. The first primitive hospitals, in fact, began there. Hospital, hospice, hospitable, hospitality all from the same root word, meaning generous, caring, sustaining. The most famous of these monasteries was that of St. Benedict. Benedict created a book of rule, rules for the community to live by, which is still used today in many monasteries. And the foundation of the rule is listening. Listen with the ear of your heart. Listen with the ear of your heart, Benedict writes. Every time a new person enters Hope Church through our front doors, we literally become a new church. Thank to everyone who's new here, we are all new. We begin to see ourselves in some new way. We learn some new fact. We are moved or triggered in some fashion. No one comes up the hill without a need or desire. And our job is to listen with the ears of our heart. As with all good stories, Stone Soup, the story is about us. We who are not strangers to each other, yet we always are strangers to each other. Treating each other with the same openness, generosity, and dropping judgments. 
is something we are called to do despite knowing someone for years or decades. That's actually harder work, the most challenging hospitality, to be open and listen with your heart to the person you know oh so well. And we are strangers to ourselves. The lessons of hospitality and stone soup are a study in becoming welcoming to the strange within us. The parts we don't know, can't see, or don't want to see. These unwanted aspects of our personalities who come traipsing through often need the same radical hospitality as the soldiers or newcomers to our church. They require a warm welcome. When we turn away from that stranger within us, our dark side, avoid our dark places, we grant them unwitting power the effort to get to know the strangers lurking in our hearts actually diminishes their trickery and destruction. Listen with the ear of your heart to your own self-judgments and worn-out preconceived notions. In stone soup, the stranger is the trickster, an archetypal character. You saw images of many classic tricksters in today's visual hymn, Br'er Rabbit, the court's jester, Norse god Loki, the fox, the raven, Anansi, the spider. If you do tarot cards, the fool. The trickster character is timeless. Think of Wile E. Coyote, Bugs Bunny, Bart Simpson, the Doctor and Doctor Who. If you're a gamer or into fan fiction, they are filled with tricksters and jokers and fools and shapeshifters because it's impossible to keep your eye off of them. The trickster uses surprise and the unexpected to keep you off balance. The trickster is an alchemist, a magician, creating realities in the duality of time, an illusion. A trickster disobeys normal rules and conventional behavior. And the trickster knows so well our three poisons and takes advantage of those things you grasp for and those things you push away and when you're not paying attention. The trickster makes very good use of something over here and you're not paying attention to what's happening over there. Because the trickster breaks taboos. The trickster is the best of companions, but also a thief and a liar and an imposter. The trickster is a co-creator working with the imperfect materials and the imperfect people pointing out flaws in carefully constructed systems or communities or societies. The trickster rebels against authority, poking fun at the overly serious, upending the laws of the universe while revealing them. The trickster exists to question to cause us to question and not accept things blindly. 
Good leadership skills demand those of the trickster. When you think about it, I'm not the first to call the role of a minister as the wise or holy fool. At times, I'm the same trickster, poking and prodding, twisting, shifting, to move us to the edge of boundaries and change. Yet, we are in a church structure and culture of shared power. So I point to each of you and say, you are the holy fools, always questioning, always pointing out ways to disrupt and change each other in our world. We're co-creators in the minority, up to tricks. Taking this closer, look at the role of the trickster is helpful for understanding our country today and our new president's effectiveness at getting our attention. We can't keep our eyes off of him. In an analysis of this year's election viewing, our, viewing our president as an archetypal trickster, scholars at New School for Social Research write, in many storylines, the trickster is a vagrant who happens to stumble into a village, appearing as if out of the blue, just as a crisis has erupted. He tries to gain the confidence of villagers by telling tales and cracking jokes. He's an outsider without existential commitments. He's also a mime, telling people whatever they would like to hear. All according to the occasion. The trickster holds no real knowledge, but practices a cunning intelligence. The trickster manages to impose himself, not because of his real qualities, nor by enabling the people around him, but by blurring distinctions. Rather than making clear the, the difference between truth and a lie, the trickster thrives in ambivalence while presenting himself as a solution to the crisis, he actually perpetuates the insecurity by blurring boundaries and undermining the very sense of distinction and judgment. In fact, the trickster is not really involved in solving the crisis. His real interest lies in perpetuating conditions of confusion, his own habitat. The trickster is a demonic clown. Our three soldiers are not demonic, but truly benevolent clowns. A trickster is either or. That's the tricky part. That's the really tricky part. The stones they use are the dissonance to stir the villagers' imagination. A soup made of stones? How can that be? Closed off by their fears, uncertainties, and hunger, they can't see the bigger picture of sharing what they individually have can create a meal fit for the king. They cannot fathom that three hungry men have more to give the village than they will ever take. 
Again, it's how a trickster works. With a generous sleight of hand, the soldiers enable the villagers to see bounty where scarcity seemed the only possible reality. The villagers rediscover neighborly connections and cohesion. The soldiers actually do good community organizing. They knock on doors, get to know people. Hunger and fear dissolve. Life is reframed, renewed, re-energized, redirected, restored. The trickster soldiers help all ages get into the act. Recreation. I witnessed this enthusiastic reshaping and reframing happening all over our country and the world. And I'm seeing this on all sides of every ideology and identity. There are tricksters at work, disrupting our reality, making us see things anew, making us see possibilities where things seemed impossible. And the narrow lens of fear and despair can always blind us to enormous possibilities. But instead, what's happening now is new alliances are forming, old ones are being strengthened, new ideas are pouring forth. So this message of renewal is what I read in this stone soup story today. We are the holy fools, charged with listening with the ear of our hearts. We are the tricksters and co-creators who exist to question, to cause others to question, and to not accept things blindly. As the soldiers remind us, oh, it's all in the knowing how. Thank you to all who say, let's take this stone and make soup from it. Thanks, I certainly will. I choose to look towards and conjure a vision of democracy as it ought to be, spirited debate over how we achieve our dreams, tempered by an unwillingness to leave anyone behind or out of our dreams. We are not a country of winners and losers. We are a country where we strive for everyone to succeed in their particular goals and aims. That's true of our church. We strive for everyone. Together we are better than we are individually. We call ourselves and one another to a higher standard, to a deeper conversation, to a more loyal expression of our values. We're going to listen with the ears of our heart. May it be so.